town was quite large, you know, like a lot of America at, at different, different seasons. But um, there's too much to share. Um, so they said in an interview, hey, looking at your resume, it'd be really nice if you applied for a teaching position in our school, because our school could really use some help as well. Well, actually, not looking at your resume, why don't you just apply for the principal position of your school? And so I said, my wife and I run a management company of some charter schools, and so uh, it provides a, a good income for us to be really kind of move wherever we want in the world. So I'm just like a kid at Candy Store. Joey's just doing whatever he wants here. Uh, <laughs> although I got six children, so I do have to kind of be mindful of, uh, of their life. So, um, so I applied, uh, long story short, I got the job as a principal of the school. And so we are packing up our bus, and anybody want to buy some furniture or uh, a bunch of stuff you don't need? <laughs> it's amazing how fast we can accrue things, isn't it? It's an amazing. I mean, we, we moved here two years ago with three pallets from Alaska, and somehow, some way, we have accrued a lot of unnecessary goods. And so we did spiritual exercise. We even move about every few years. Uh, remind you, what are you accruing in this life? What is really important? What are you spending all of your money on? For what? Putting it down in the basement. So, appreciate your prayers for the church, appreciate your prayers for our son Marty, our prayers that he goes into remission, he's got a pretty good outlook on Hodgkin's lymphoma, um, and so he should get, there's a shortage in chemo, you know, the shortages of, of uh, so that's delayed some things, um, but we're praying that this next test will show that he's in remission and that the chemo is working, if that's the case, that will really make our lives a lot easier not, then, you know, we're, we're in this world of, I'm, I'm most likely going to Alaska, and some of those people sitting in that row will be going with me, <laughs> um, but maybe Heidi might stay back with Marty to finish the next series of, of uh, chemo with Marty, so we trust your prayers in that. Well, as, as we Good for you to hear that, so that you have a better idea. And Joe and Heidi and family are coming to your mind and they're able to I've been here 36 years. You can only imagine what I've accrued over the years. Every three years. Well, before Joe comes and opens the word of God to us, take your hymns of grace. Take your hymns of grace and turn to 404. My faith is found.
only believers know true happiness. The world thinks our religion is gloomy and miserable, but they could not be more mistaken. Amen. I I wish I could pass the joy that I have for the Lord's Day, for this day, uh, on to everyone. To know the joy of being with God's people. And I mean, good, smart, talented people have written songs about how glorious the Christian faith is and the joy of the Lord and the church and it's just praise the Lord. Praise the Lord for Psalm 146 and <laughs> Amen. I just I'm just blessed. Thank you. Well, I would uh like to continue a meditation here. Um up on sort of sort of from my sermon earlier this morning on this truthful confession of the of the woman asking this question, where is the hem of his garment today? Where is the hem of his garment today? Uh, maybe another way of asking that is, where is God's presence? How, how do we meet with God? Um, a couple different ways we could ask this question. Psalm 19 says, The heavens declare the glory of God, and the firmament showeth His handiwork. God speaks. God reveals Himself. Day unto day uttereth speech, and night unto night showeth knowledge. There is no speech nor language where their voice is not heard. So God speaks in a universal language that all could understand, revealing Himself in creation. The entire universe glorifies God because it reveals its Creator in a universal language. The Apostle Paul, uh, we always say that, the Apostle Paul, I I like it better. God says, you know, because God wrote the Bible, right? And we almost always say, well, Peter said, well, not not really, I, I always try to... God says, by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. Question, where does faith come from? Think about that for a minute. Where does faith come from? And then secondly, how is this gift of faith imparted? So by grace are we saved through faith, and that not of ourselves. It is the gift of God. So where does that faith come from? And how is that gift imparted? The answer of historic Christianity is that it comes from God. And by the means of grace that Christ has appointed in His church. All the ordinances or things commanded by Christ. So, you know, you want to have a, ask a fun question of your Christian co-worker or friend. Ask them what the Great Commission is. 
Do that this week. If you have your grandma or anybody, ask them what the Great Commission is. And you know what you'll probably hear? Go preach the gospel to every creature. That, that's the number one answer on the board uh, survey says when I ask the question. And then I like to say, do you know that's not the Great Commission? Well, what do you mean? I said, man, this is, this is like the one thing, the most important thing that the Lord Jesus Christ has given us. I try not to be too arrogant, but I like to press them a little bit. You don't even know what it is? It's not to go and preach the gospel to every creature. That's not, that's not it. The Great Commission, Matthew twenty twenty eight, is to make disciples. It's to make disciples. Teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded them. So in the church and in the discipleship making, it, it is the gospel. Is the gospel part of the Great Commission? Obviously. But it's, it's much bigger than that. It is the Great Commission of discipleship and teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I've commanded you. So, uh, all, all the ordinances, all of the church are in view in this answer of God revealing himself and communicating himself to man. But the primary means, the primary means of God revealing himself to man outside of creation is the word of God. Amen? God's word. God has spoken. The holy scriptures, which are, as I said in my testimony time, which are able, finish it for me, to make thee wise unto salvation. Right? The holy scriptures, which are able to make thee wise unto salvation. David extols the saving power of the Word. Again, Psalm, back to Psalm 9. The law of the Lord is perfect. And what does it do? Converts the soul. The law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. Amen. There is no conflict, we know this, between faith and the sovereignty of God and the use of His means to obtain what He promises to us. Okay. As God, the Holy Spirit, is free to work when, where, and how He pleases, with or without the use of means, nevertheless, the means of grace are commended to us by the very fact of that the sovereign God commands us to use them. So God reveals Himself to us primarily through the Word of God. Scripture is very unique. You know, you know what the word Bible means? Biblios from Greek. What does the word Bible mean? The book. Book. The, capital T, capital H, capital E. When I write, I use capital letters to emphasize stuff. Do you guys do that when you, when you send emails? T-H-E. The book. The book of books. The book of all, above all books, the Bible, uh, is very unique as a means of grace. Think about this, beloved. Lies within its very nature. The very nature 
of God's Word. The Word of God, Hebrews 4.12. The Word of God is quick and... Everybody's got different translations here, right? We've got different words. Powerful. Sharper than any two-edged sword. Yeah, and then it's, then it's able to do what we cannot do. It's able to do what, you know, when you're witnessing to somebody and they're just, they're just not seeing it and you can't break through, you can't explain it, they're not grasping it. The Word of God is able to, I don't know, I see this picture of this knife going in and amongst the cells. I, I, I don't, it just divide, it's a divider and it gets in between where, you ever notice that the Bible always talking about, at least King James, the bowels, you know, and it always, did you know in, in uh, Leviticus that, uh, I'm reading through Leviticus, and the offering, man, if they really wanted to give the good offering, they were commanded to um, burn the kidneys, the liver, and the fat. <laughs> Burn all the fat. We, we don't think of, uh, in Alaska, boy, when they shoot a deer, the heart and the liver are like the, oh, I mean the, man, I, I can't enter in on the liver of anything. But, so they're, they're, but the seat of the emotions, but the, yeah, I don't, I don't mean to get too sidetracked here, but what do we think about when we think about who we are, the, the bowels deep down inside in our kidneys and our liver and who we really are as, as a person? The Bible is powerful to get right down into that. Even if you don't think it is. Even if you don't know it's doing that. Isn't that interesting? So, the Word of God is quick and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword, a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Love that. However, because of unbelief, ignorance, darkness of our falling, corrupted hearts, the Holy Spirit alone makes the reading and preaching of the Word effectual as a means of grace. Thus we pray for that. Lord, I mean, we've heard it. We've sung it. We've prayed it. We've read it. Uh, God, please. God, please. You take this means that You have ordained to reveal Yourself, Your Word, and let it pass through the stuffed cabbage that I just ate for lunch and it's causing, right? causing us to sleep in the, the potatoes of the Midwest and the cheesy goodness. Right? God, that Your Word... I mean, there's all, how many obstacles are there for us hearing God's Word? Right? How many, could there be any more obstacles? Our physical inabilities, I'm tired, I'm thinking about work, man, it's leaning along and late into Sunday and I'm tired and, and, and then, you know, pretty soon I'm up here talking and maybe I get on a rabbit trail and it makes you think about something else and you're gone and there's so many obstacles for God speaking to us through His Word. But the Holy Spirit alone makes the reading and preaching of the Word effectual as a means of grace 
using the word to enlighten our darkness. I took my son, a 17-year-old son, to Sparrow Hospital last week to get chemo. And it's quite an ordeal. So they've installed this port underneath his skin. So we go in in the morning, and he sits in this bed, and they have this very meticulous and um, ordered series of what they give him and when. And so there's every half hour on the hour, there's you know this Benadryl because he's allergic, and this will make him itch, and then there's this drug that gives him higher blood cell, white blood cells, and so it's quite an ordeal. But right in the middle of it, and that all goes well in saline and Benadryl and stuff like that, but right in the middle of it, they bring in this vial. It's about about this much fluid, maybe a little taller, and it's uh, fire red. And it's, it's called what, Heidi? What? Red devil, they call it. I, we call it something else as I was praying as it goes into a system that it, this is the, the chemo, which is literally poison. I mean, it is, um, when you do it a lot, like the nurses will even come in like they're going to give an x-ray kind of thing because it's, this is some toxic stuff that they're putting in my 17-year-old boy to basically kill him, right? So it's going in there, Hodgkin's lymphoma, your body goes haywire. It starts producing cells. It starts producing uh, malevolent or uh, I don't know what the word is. Basically bad cells. And the body recognizes that those bad cells are in there. And so your white blood cells and your lymph nodes, which fight invaders, start to attack it. All these bad cells. Well, that's why swollen lymph nodes when you get sick your lymph nodes swell because they're fighting that and eating those I, I don't know if this is the technical term but eating those bad cells and growing and and getting swollen in there well so they put this poison this red devil in in his body to basically kill out anything healthy that would be reproducing any cells that would be alive enough we've all had basic science you know cells divide and and that kind of thing, to kill it all so that all of that is removed and dead within him so that they'll do the next test and they'll, they'll do the test and they'll be able to see that basically the lymph nodes have shrunk. They're not fighting this bad cell anymore. And, you know, he's in remission. And my 17-year-old does not have a profession of faith. Um, and so that's been quite a, an experience. He's not, uh, you know, angry towards God or anything like that, but he's just not, not been baptized um, or, or have a profession of faith. And so when we were leaving there, and he's a very thoughtful child. He's, you know, he's kind of the, the canary in the, coal mine or whatever in our family. He's kind of that sensitive one that you know he, he feels when there's stress and stuff like that. Um, but we're leaving there and we're walking out and he said, Dad, isn't it weird to think that that woman was literally saving my life? And that just... 
I'm a teacher, so metaphors are, you know, I love Leviticus and the typology of it and going to the New Testament and seeing how the New Testament points to the Old Testament. But as I, you know, instantly all kinds of spiritual applications are coming to my mind. But if we were to think about that in each and every one of your hearts, minds, and souls, as you walk in those doors on the Lord's day, and you use the means that God in His goodness to His children has ordained for the good of our souls. Can you think about it like that? As you come in here and God's Word is opened up, that it is literally, maybe not literally, saving your life. And you know what it is doing while, while that chemo is going into him? It's killing him. And isn't that, a, isn't that a good metaphor as well? Because the Word of God goes in and it shines a light, right? Upon what? Your sin. And you know what sin likes to do? Sin likes to be like in the Garden of Eden, go and hide and cover itself. Sin is secret, just like that woman at the well. Sin is secretive. And we don't like our sin because if we exposed it and we were real with it, we'd realize, oh, i got to cut that off because it's gangrene. That's going to be painful. And so I'm just going to continue to stroke my precious. But if we were able to come in, come in with the brothers, so many means that God has ordained for our to save our lives, and I and I, know, I think you know what I mean by save our lives, not in the sense of, and you'll be a Christian if this happens, but the means that God has ordained to reveal Himself to us, to strengthen us, heal us, kill what's killing us, kill what's defiling us. God's Word. I just... In a very special way today as, as you've been singing and everything that has been sung and prayed and read, it's all right there. It's all right there. You guys just got, not the red devil, but the, I don't know what the other, the blood of Christ. You know, I don't mean to be, I don't want to use that in any kind of weird way, but this infusion of God's grace and blessing poured all over you, wafting over your minds and hearts and souls. God is literally saving our lives. Other means of grace are subordinate to God's Word. So God's Word is the primary uh, method that God uses. And there's, there's a list of several things I think we could list. Just the fellowship and the... Um, have you ever done those personality tests? There's, there's so many out there now, right? You've probably done some personality tests and maybe you're this color or you're, you know, DMJRV or, or whatever it is. But um, one of the ones that I did one time and, and it, I knew that was an accurate aspect of it because it said people with my personality hate small talk. Hate small talk. Um, hi, how are you? Good. Warm today? Yeah. How about those lions? Yeah, they're still terrible. Mm. Okay, have a good week. 
That conversation in church is ought to be sin. <laughs> I, I don't know. I mean, I just put my head in a vice if that's the relationship that I have with the people that I'm in church with. You know what I mean? Is it, yeah? I mean, we need something a little bit more than that on the Lord's Day with each other. Would you agree? Yes? So don't be that guy. <laughs> right? Um, one, one of the things... Uh, I was preaching in a church one time and I made the comment that if you want to humble a man, ask him about his prayer life. And so I probably made the same comments about small talk and things like that and what we should do on the Lord's Day and how... And so this, this one guy, Max... Um, Saw he just loved that. So every time he would see me, how's your prayer life? You know, so that's how he would always start off the spiritual conversation. But amen, right? Shouldn't we have an answer to that question? Even if it's not good, man, you're right. Thanks for bringing that up. I, I need to cultivate that. And how have you found so? So just an exhortation of um, to the church as we think about Sunday. Praise the Lord that you. You have a fellowship meal together and break bread together. Seems like our Lord Jesus loved to do that. You know, Peter, all the disciples are all discouraged and frustrated, and the Lord's risen from the dead, but they don't know what's going on here. Peter feels about this high. He's denied the Lord in front of all these people, and the Lord Jesus looked right at him. And and you know, in all of those passages. The rest of them all fled with them. The rest of them all departed the Lord Jesus. They were discouraged, defeated. And so, you know what they said? Peter came up with a great idea. I'm going Christian. I'm going fishing. And pretty much took them all with them. And they're out. They're not fishing any, catching any fish. And you know, uh, there's, there's two stories where Peter is fishing where the Lord tells him, you know, Casting that on the other side. And that's the one after Peter had been fishing all night. Right? And, and they're different because um, after you've been fishing all night and you've tried every lure and every do da and then some, somebody tells you, well, try right here. Dude, the fish are not biting. Right? I'm not doing that. And you know the story, Peter cast it over, and then they're just blown away. They realize who start to realize who the Lord Jesus is. But this last time, they're all fishing, and then if you think about it, does anybody like to fish in here? You guys fish? Okay. If you're out fishing and you're just getting started, and you're passing by, and usually there's people there, and you can tell they probably fish here a lot. Maybe it's a new spot. And they, you know, if you could see a guide and they say, hey, go hit that hole right there. Cast your lure up at the front of it and right past that rock and then there's that stump. When your lure gets there, get ready because there'll be a fish. What would you do? You wouldn't be like, stupid. No, I'm not trying it. Of course you'd try it. What do I got to lose? Well, so the disciples are out there fishing. They haven't caught anything. They see this guy on the shore. Maybe they don't know who it, they don't know who it is, I think. And what is Jesus doing there on the shore? Yeah, he's cooking. He's cooking a meal. He's making them some bread, some loaves. Then he says, you know, cast the the net on the other side of the boat. 
They do. How many fish do they catch? 153. Now, if I was dispensational pre-mail, I would explain to you what that 153 fish actually means symbolically. Uh, I'm, not, I'm not ripping on dispensational pre-millennialism. Sorry. Um, but they catch this 153 fish, and Peter is so excited. What does he do? <laughs> right, it's like Forrest Gump seeing Lieutenant Dan jumping out of the shrimp boat. Right, just jumps right in the water and starts swimming to him and wants to be with the Lord who's making bread. And I say all that, I hope that you treasure fellowship meal on Sunday. I hope that you do. I hope that you don't see it as a... I hope that you make the good food. I hope that the prime rib comes out for those days. I hope that the... Um, you know, the good cheesy potato meals get made. The, uh, it was great food today. I'm just saying, man, this is this is special. This day of fellowship with Christians. Come with questions, man. I, I would love to sit down with your pastor. I have so many questions that I would love to ask. A man has been pastoring a church for 36 years uh, about wisdom and, and questions of raising children and what would you do different. One, my favorite question to ask anytime I meet somebody older than I am, I say, hey, okay, hey. I'm 47. Go back to a 47, you at 47, what would you tell me? Um, what, what advice would you give me? You know what advice I always get from a non-Christians? Same thing. I almost without fail, if I ask a non-Christian 60-year-old man that question, they always tell me the same thing. You know what it is? Work hard and save your money. Get out of debt. Amen. Isn't that interesting? I don't know. Uh, so I, I say all that to, that we might cherish the opportunity that we have to be around God's Word, the preaching of God's Word, the singing of God's Word, the praying of God's Word, the fellowship with one another, to, to minister to one another. God has given the gifts of the church. You all have different gifts and and. Skills, and so God is bringing them together to be a body. And so I just want to exhort you to continue in that. God is literally saving your lives through those things. It's precious. It's wonderful. Even when you don't feel it, even when you don't feel like going to church or... Prayer is a means by which those promises are invoked by believers to obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Praise is a means by which God's grace, the word of Christ dwelling in our hearts, is poured forth. I kid you not, I was sitting there today and I was thinking, man, I would like Pastor Calvin to record him singing these hymns for me and I would listen to him in my car. Brother, you got a good voice, but not just your good voice, but just the, the thrust of them and the, the experiencing of them. I just thought, man, there's just nothing better than that. There's nothing better than that. Um... Praise is a means by which God's grace, the word of Christ dwelling in our hearts, is poured forth in thanksgiving to God as we sing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. So Psalm 146, I was just like, yes. 
brother. Yes, I, 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 th- I thought you said, okay, we're going to go through 146 through 150. I'm like, yes, we're going to go through all this, the rest of the five psalms today. Yes, that's great. Yes, yeah, I came here for that. I did not come here. You know, time we got to get to do what? What do you got to get home to do? Watch TV. What are we in a hurry to get home for? Isn't that weird how we're Americans, you know, and in schools we have these 50 minutes, 50 minutes, bell rings, and we go, for what? I started a church in southern Oregon, and and sometimes I I so, I did say it, I don't know if I ever, I'm just going to stay here and preach, and I'm not going to be offended, but if you want to get up and leave, go ahead. That's okay. I'm just going to stay here. This is, I've been meditating and basking in this all week and I've just got a lot to say. And so, come and go if you want to leave and come back later, that'll be alright. But I just want to encourage you, church, do you, do you see the privilege that you have here to be with each other, to be around His Word with this rich truth and biblical leadership pointing you in the, in the right direction and, oh, it's so we're so blessed by the Lord. The word of Christ dwelling in our hearts is poured forth in thanksgiving to God as we sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Now, we must never attribute efficacy or, or this works or, or if you do this, then this um, to the means themselves as if simply using them is a, is a formula of, of working. The waters of baptism cannot wash away sins. All right? We believe that for sure. The bread and the wine of the Lord's Supper are not the life-giving flesh and blood of Christ. I don't mean to, to give that impression. A man's Christianity is not to be measured by the numbers of sermons he has heard or the prayers he has recited. So that's really the tricky part, right? That's the tricky part. We go to church a lot and we're faithful and we hear sermons and good sermons, but but that in and of itself does not produce salvation. Is it, it is possible to do all the right things without a believing heart. Right? Judas heard all the sermons of the Lord Jesus Christ and remained unconverted. Whatsoever is not of faith is sin. But we must, here's my exhortation and I'm almost done. We must make diligent use of them. We must make diligent use of them. The means that God has ordained for his church. The church must give first place to the sound preaching of the word. The members should hear such preaching with faith and submission. And brother, pastor, feel free to come up here with a broom and clean this up if I'm if I'm stepping on the line here. But this has helped me. I, I have a attention span about two and a half minutes. I don't know where, where are you guys at. You got? They say seven minutes is about the top of what people's attention span is. And so I'm, I've been in church my whole life. I'm a student of preaching and, and listening. And, and so um, I do think there's a gift of speaking. You know, have you ever listened to some people preach and it's like, man, they could have gone another hour. 
they said that about Jonathan Edwards. He would preach two hours and people were still ready for him to keep going. But um, church that we go to, uh, pastor's fantastic, prophet, speaks the word, awesome. But this has helped me immensely. As you hear preaching, think of it like this. God is speaking to me. I'm here to tell you, it helps you listen. And and I think you know what I'm saying. Obviously, the pastor's not God. Obviously, he's not an infallible prophet. But you know very well you have what he is preaching and, and proclaiming. All he is doing is bringing out these themes and the main idea. And if, if I sit in my pew and I just hear that, God speaking to me. And so I almost just kind of, I don't want to say translate, but I just hear, does that make sense? To just hear it as God speaking to me? Because how many of you have ever prayed, Lord, what do you want me to do? Anybody ever pray that? Oh, God, you know, how, 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 the prayer for wisdom. Alright? Lord, give me, we pray that all the time. Lord, He is! <laughs> he is telling you! He is telling you that through the means that He's ordained, the preaching of the Word. And so if, if we can just have in our mind, God is speaking to me. Now, He's never going to speak outside of His Word. Right? It's not going to be some, some... It's never going to be contrary to His Word. But if you just run it through that filter of God is speaking to me, it helps you listen. I mean, think about how awesome that is, that God is speaking to me. That's all I've, that's all I've been asking for for so long is, God, God, tell me what you want me to do. And he does. Now, it might not be move to Alaska, Joe, and Prince, but it's just truth and principles and uh, all about how you should live and think and treat others. And it's all right there. And so every week you can come in and just be fed with God is God spoke to me today. So the church must give uh, first place to the sound preaching of the word. Her members should hear such preaching with faith and submission, desiring to know, believe, and obey the will of God revealed therein. Okay. Um, all of the other things that I've mentioned, the Lord's Supper. Baptism, praise, prayer are all to be received with thanksgiving. Um, for those who believe, as we're filled with God's word. Dad, that woman was literally saving my life. Amen. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for your word. Thank you for this opportunity to share uh, what you've been uh, teaching me, uh, I pray that it wasn't a hindrance or confusing. I pray that you just speak. You, you know what everyone needs to hear and, and where they're at. I pray if there's any lost outside of Christ, Lord, we're, we're still um, desiring that today would be the day of their salvation. We pray that you'd, your virtue would flow out of you, dunamis, miracle, and um, that today would be the day of their salvation. Thank you for this church, their faithfulness, their witness in this community. I pray that um, as the demoniac of Gadara was sent out to show his family and tell his friends um, that we would 
learn from that and do likewise and go out and publicly proclaim the great things you have done for us that you would fill all in all. Uh, in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thank you.